0: you're listening to the Hammer Horror Podcast. Dracula has risen from the grave. Hello, welcome to the Hammer Horror Podcast and today we're going to be talking about the fourth installment of the Dracula series, Dracula has risen from the grave. Just a quick Recap from uh, what we are doing here: it's a, a series of podcasts which looks at the Dracula movies that were created by the Hammer Production Film Company, and of which there were nine in total. Uh, we're already up to four, which is pretty pretty gun ho. Um, and I'm joined today with uh, Miles Davis again. Hello, hey, how's it going? Good, I'm very good. Good. Um, so you joined us last time um, for. Brides of Dracula, the second story. installment. And you're, you're back here for the fourth one. Yes. Um, there's been Christopher wee- Lee this time. Christopher Lee this yes. time. <laughs> that's it, he's back. <laughs> so the last movie we discussed, which was uh, with my other uh, co-host, Anthony Yee, was uh, Prince of Darkness, um, where Christopher Lee did indeed uh, return to Don the Cave, as it were. Uh, since that period, like it's been two years now, up until uh, Dracula's Risen from the Grave, again, they're still churning out quite a lot of classics in there. And I've written some of them down Probably the big one there was One Million Years BC, which became such an iconic, uh, just image wise, yeah. of what that brought to the film industry and to Hammer Productions itself. Uh, and amongst that, though, there was also uh, The Plague of Zombies, Rasputin the Mad Monk, The Witches, The Reptile, another Frankenstein movie, Frankenstein Created Woman. Uh, we had The Lost Continent, The Mummy Shroud, Quatermass and the Pit, which is one of my all time favourite Hammer mm-hmm. movies. The Anniversary, which saw uh, Betty Davis come back um, um, into the Hammer films. She'd previously done The Nanny prior to that. Yeah. Um, We had The Devil Rides Out, which has got a massive cult following these days. Um, And interestingly enough, uh, just um, during this period as well, Hammer received the Queen's Award to the industry as recognition for their input into Britain's finances. Nice. So they've become quite a stable input at this time. So, uh, before we get into talking about the movie in question, Dracula's Risen from the Grave, have you got anything you want to add at this stage before we nut into the nitty gritty?
1: No, um.
0: Wait for it to unfold as yeah, we go yeah, talk through it. Yeah,
1: cool. I, I mean, I really enjoyed the film. I thought it was, um, yeah. It was, it was, it was a nice, concise little story. Yes. And, um,
0: yeah, no, it was good. Ooh. Well, well, well let, let's talk yeah. through the plot and then uh, at, at the end of it, we'll, uh, we'll discuss our actual thoughts on the movie as a whole. Mm-hmm. Cool. So,. At the beginning, we're, we're treated to a, already a very different opening from the previous movies. There's these stylized graphics and titles, you know, with blood vessels and, and I was blood dripping fantastic. down the screen. <laughs> and so we're already, uh, at, a very, at the get-go, we've got a very different feel to the movie before it's even begun. And there's a bit of energy about it, which mm. was getting quite exciting, you know. And uh, then we kind of see a, a boy riding up on a bicycle into That's the right. church... And He starts sweeping up the place, and he goes to ring the bell. When suddenly he sees blood dripping down um, upon his hands, with that iconic, you know, red paint blood splatter that Hammer was famous for. Um, it was a lovely hue of red as well. Oh, it's it was beautiful. Stumbled. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes to investigate the bell tower, and we hear this like scream coming from above. Um, it's overheard by us, the audience, and, and a priest who enters mm. into the church. And a boy goes running off in fright. Uh, whilst the priest goes to check out the bell tree and notices that there there seems to be blood coming from the bell itself Um, he kind of stumbles forward he knocks the bell and is confronted by a swinging female corpse bearing the mark of the vampire bite in what proves to be one of the most iconic images from the movie and we're treated to this spectacle from the get go which I thought was pretty cool Nice. Um, it's a really cool image of her just hanging yeah yeah that was great I liked it uh we're, the, we're automatically uh cut to the entrance of one of the main characters ernest muller um and he is a catholic priest he's riding you know his horses and carts uh and he interestingly is um introducing that um, a narrative so he's almost doing a narrative at that point about where who he is and where he comes from and again it's our as an audience so it's our entry point into the movie itself Mm-hmm. And uh, Muller arrives at a pub where the priest, um, he, um, in the opening scene, has sought solace in alcohol and he's just you know, drowning in his sorrows. Uh, Muller proclaims that Dracula is dead and is bewildered by the villagers who still feel an evil presence lurks. To prove them wrong, he ventures out to Dracula's castle, aided by the priest to put an end to their worries once and for all.
1: Mon- that Monsignor guy—he's—I've seen him in loads of stuff. He's—he's um, he's quite an interesting um, actor as well. He, yeah. Apparently, he was—he was—he was considered for Doctor Who at one stage. Yeah, I think
0: yeah, actually, I've written
1: a few. I've seen him in loads I... of stuff. I've seen him in a uh, Spy Who Came Came in from the Cold. Yeah, he yeah, played yeah. the Smiley uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. guy. I was going to mention that later on. So,
0: like, um, no, 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 no. But yeah, cool, yeah. Though. I mean, it, it, yeah.
1: he was such a powerful—he's such a powerful um, figure in the um, in the movie as well. Yes. he's Kind of, it, it, he's. The ultimate hero, and yeah, he is. sort of battle against
0: Dracula. If anybody's going to sort of take him on, it's just yeah. this dude. And <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll get to what yeah. happens along the way. I mean, I, I do want to uh, when when we get to the end of talking about the plot, okay. Um, I want to also, you know, talk about the, the people involved, and we'll talk a bit more about him. Yeah, um, but not just him, but the character he portrays. Mm. There's a few comments I'd like to add to it because it was yeah, an in an interesting character for this for the, the sake of the story so yeah so like so we're at this point where he's like there's no such thing as Jack look like, he's dead he, he's he gone you know there's nothing there and I will prove it and go up this and mountain he drags this poor priest up the hill brings this priest up the hill with a move. massive crucifix with, yeah this huge like golden cross <laughs> it's like um,
1: Jesus these priests <laughs> stuff back then. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. come on we're going up the mountain <laughs> that's
0: right He's like I'm too dark he's like I'm older than you <laughs> anyway, so um but yeah, like he uh, yeah, so they're climbing this mountain and uh and the priest says he can't go on and Muller's like, Well, I'm gonna go anyway and he presses on. At which point darkness begins to descend and we're like, Okay, we something evil is about to transpire And Muller gets to uh to the castle gates and he slams this cross across the uh the doors to bar its way mm. um and he starts to recite some Latin text. Uh, to bar any evil spirits in the castle from escaping. And then um, the priest, meanwhile, who's been left behind, um, he stumbles down the mountainside... Uh, so they, like, I like I kind of mentioned this to you. Pro- <laughs> uh, up to now, it's probably one of the weakest. Mm. How are we going to resurrect Dracula? Moments in the in the movie canon so far. It's
1: the it's the um, the dog t- t- p- pissing on the bones <laughs> yeah, of, yeah, yeah. of Freddy <laughs> and, and Nightmare in Elstree. Uh,
0: that's that's yeah. <laughs> so true. <laughs> I just it. Uh, I, I at this point I was getting a bit worried uh, yeah. really, about the movie because um, he yes uh, <laughs> for the sake of the viewers uh, the podcast of viewers. Viewers that are listening at the moment. Um, so the priest has stumbled down this mountainside, he hits his head on some ice, which coincidentally is where jack's body lays frozen. The ice cracks, and the blood from the priest's head seeps its way onto the lips of Dracula.
1: By chance.
0: By chance.
1: What's the chance? The odds.
0: What are the odds? <laughs> um, as, as this priest rouses himself uh, with no wound at all at this point when we see me. <laughs> <laughs> He's kind of waking up. It's a it's <laughs> <He's, he's> fine. <laughs> it's a <magical> miracle. <laughs> he's, uh, he's suddenly struck by the presence of Dracula. who has been waiting for him, and there's this really cool shot of the bloodshot eyes. Which, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought was. Uh, I mean, I know it's been done, but there was something slightly different the way they did this shot, and I thought oh, that's kind of kind of cool. And so that's kind of close of scene at, at that point. Dracula has been has risen from the grave. Mm. we then then uh, rejoin muller as he returns to the pub unable to find the priest and he claims that evil has been banished and he returns home uh dracula then tries to get into his castle but finds that the cross prevents him his first spoken line in ages because he didn't speak a word of dialogue in the last movie um, is who has done this thing why wouldn't you let Christopher Lee speak as much
1: as possible that's crazy
0: yeah well, like we, we spoke about like this in the last podcast and it, look it's going to be an ongoing thing when we talk about this in, yeah. in these movies um, like he Christopher Lee himself uh, on talking about Prince of Darkness said that um, he's already established as the dragon is a vampire there's nothing else that needs to be said right so essentially, the, all he does is go around going to <laughs> in the movie. Um, but it was interesting that dialogue's brought back into this, and mm. it, it's very, um, it's very stock standard kind of dialogue that he's saying. So yeah. whether that's um, he's just given into the whole concept, and that's you know he's just going, you know, it's it's money in the hand. He's just doing this thing now. It's yeah. Um, I mean interestingly this time round too this is the first time we don't have Terence Fisher at the helm yeah Um, it's um, Freddie Francis that's directing it so whether that changes things I don't know Um, only Christopher Lee can answer that yeah Um, or um, any of the other Hammer aficionados that are out there yeah it's it's interesting yeah that, uh, that that seems to be an ongoing thing and also a lot of it was like you know the scripts that were written he Christopher Lee had said weren't didn't ring true to the voice of Stoker, and therefore refused to say some of the lines. Yeah, oh, no. we're, then, we're then introduced to this shirtless, cocky bastard whose name happens to be Paul. There's nothing wrong with that. That's a good name, I feel. <laughs> um, and uh, and the legendary Michael Ripper, um, who are working in a local pub. So we're getting this atypical kind of pub scene that Michael crops up. Her again. I love Michael Ripper. <laughs> um, and the pub itself oozes life with the spirit of the townsfolk along with the bawdy barmaid Zena, mm. uh, And then enters uh, our heroine of the piece, Maria, played by Veronica Carlson. And she's also uh, the... Not only is she the love interest for Paul, she just so happens to be the niece of the aforementioned Ernest Muller. The Looking
1: very Bridget bardo ish Yes. Indeed. Same haircut. Ha- hair same haircut. Yeah. Oh, they must same. have been cashing in on the whole sex kitten thing going. Well, on. Well,
0: they wanted that whole kind of French, French thing. Yeah. From the, from the uh, previous movie, uh, Prince. Oh no, was it Prince? No, no, no. Sorry, from uh, *Brides of Dracula* with a von look. Yeah, that's right. Um, when um, they were trying to, they're already going for a certain look and feel. Mm. Yeah, this uh, this is no different. And Maria, basically, the character of Maria introduces Paul to her family, um, which doesn't go down too well, as Paul declares that he's an atheist. <laughs> and a very... Uh, and it's Catholic, with with, alcohol, with beer. he's stinking of booze from playing <laughs> this uh, pub game, yeah. Um, which I thought was hilarious. Um, so it doesn't doesn't go down too well, and he ends up having to dismiss himself from the house. Um Meanwhile, Dracula, this is kind of cool. Dracula, the cut to a scene of Dracula um, fast approaching on a horse-drawn carriage accompanied by the priest, who is uh, under Dracula's spell. But I kind of like the bit that, basically, he's just thrashing these horses. Yeah, yeah, like, that was really cool. whipping them, and, like, you know, the, the, the carriage is tearing along. And that really, kind of, to me, is very typical of what, what I was aware of the character of Dracula, is this kind of menacing presence. Mm. And I thought they really captured that. Really well in that one shot. It's kind of the 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 the, the, the stagecoach sort of racing through
1: the forest is sort of the epitome of the Hammer horror film. Yeah. I mean Tim Burton pretty much ripped that off in uh, Sleepy Hollow. Oh, it yeah. had that loads of that sort of horses and That's the it. carriages just racing, racing through the forest. Yeah, yeah, just there, you know.
0: I know, and it's, it's a certain like it's a certain look too, isn't it? Mm. With the you know the moonlight casting through lots of shadows, depicted and this mm. everything's silhouetted. Um, yeah, and I just, yeah, I thought it was a really, really cool shot. Mm. Uh, so Maria has, um, she wants to see Paul still, you know, she, her uh, infatuation for him is still very strong. Um, so she sneaks out of her, her house. Away from her dollies. Away from her dolls with this, which itself is a very so weird. Weak crowbar into, <laughs> yeah, this is her innocence, which is about to be lost. <laughs> which I'll come to in a later, <laughs> later scene. So yeah, so anyway she steals away in the night over over the rooftops, which I kinda of thought was was a really cool way of getting from
1: those rooftops were great. Yeah, like, yeah. like it was any other circumstance other than sort of going to, you know, to the boyfriend's place, that would have been such a that you would have heard the music change yeah. to a dramatic sort of mm-hmm. oh my god, she could fall off the roof.
0: Yeah. <laughs> she's like <laughs> straight across. Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> I like yeah, it was good. I was like, Oh wow, that's, that's I mean not clearly a set, but it's um I thought it was a nice maybe it was left over from Mary Poppins <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> she got Dick Van Dyke up there yeah. going oh excuse me oh no just cleaning the chimneys in the world's worst English yeah. isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. anyway so look she she gets uh, she's going over the rooftop um, and Paul who's gotten really drunk at this point and he's carried up to to his bed by the baldy barmaid and despite her attempts to at woo him she uh, kind of falls flat and um She's Anyway, she's interrupted by the arrival of Maria on the scene. Uh, Maria and Paul declare their love for one another, so it's really cemented that they they have a lot of strong emotions, and this is very key to the plot device that comes later in, down the track. Anyway, so despondent of the night's proceedings, Zina, uh, walks home through the woods, but doesn't manage to reach her destination, and she's chased down by a mysterious horse-drawn cart, which has been... Uh, driven by the priest that was another really cool moment yeah like, racing it was very like, kind of yeah. like it just creeps up behind like, yeah behind and it's really probably. tense as well yeah. like such a tense moment yeah I, yeah you're right really like cut with like you know the, the
1: Dracula watching and, yes. and there's like three different points of action going that's down. right that's really clever yeah
0: I, I really like that moment mm. and then um, you know she thinks she's gotten away and then lo and behold in front of her is Dracula yeah. and Xena stares at Dracula and she's already seduced from the get go um, Dracula leans in and her Sandek and Xena at that point has become the undead a bride of Dracula Wakes like, up with the world's worst hickey and starts prancing
1: around in her underwear So like yeah
0: well yeah that's it. <laughs> I, I do have I, like, maybe I'll mention it now like I found it interesting like with up till now whenever a, a woman has um, become the undead and a bride of Dracula it's she's very kind of a stock standard monster type character mm. in here she's not she's, no, almost, she's, she's herself
1: yeah which
0: yeah, I found know, really like she's she notices the
1: bites she, on her on her neck yeah but other than but she hasn't for me she doesn't feel like she's transformed maybe she was always just such. you know a monstrous slut I don't
0: know <laughs> I just I just, remember, I just remember thinking that's interesting choice what, what they're doing there what, what does that mean I guess because they don't want it to go too dark because she has to have that human conflict of yeah. interest later down the track
1: yeah you can't but, really um, go too far with her that like she hasn't gone already in her own yeah, um, yeah. self so. So,
0: so that was interesting for me <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next morning uh, the priest arrives at the pub and he asks for a room to stay um, it is then that the priest discovers that Muller has a niece, Maria, which uh, Paul inadvertently says, I think that's how it comes out. Anyway, he finds out that he's, she's he has a niece, um, which is Maria. And so, therefore, they're like, well, they want revenge on this person. Yeah. The niece is the perfect person to take that revenge out on. Um, so Dracula, when hearing this, wants the niece for himself, and he asks Xena to entrap her for him. When Zena questions him, Dracula strikes her in mm. a very kind of vicious blow. And again, I felt this—we're creeping a bit more into a, a darker territory here with Dracula's character, which I felt hadn't been captured before. Um, and so, we're already seeing quite with these like violent outbursts. he's, yeah. he's already you know becoming a darker presence on the screen mm. uh, more than this cardboard cutout version of himself. Yeah, it's starting to seep a bit, which is cool. Uh, yeah, so he's, he strikes Zena, uh, and Zena um, then, um, under his spell, then tricks Maria to go down to the cellar of the pub and attempts to kidnap her and take her to Dracula. By
1: throwing a bag over your head. By throwing
0: a bag over your head, which is a very cunning ploy. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> For a bag over someone's head. What was that? The, this blackadder. Ex Excuse Me, sir. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. <sighs> it's just yeah, I don't know, it was bizarre. Anyway, but yeah, she does it. And then uh, and then tries to uh, yeah, take take her down into the cellar and um, Maria begins to so she sees Dracula and um, she begins to fall under Dracula's spell. But is interrupted as Paul is calling out for her because he can't find her. Mm -hmm. Um, Dracula runs away and uh, Maria is taken to Paul's room to rest from her ordeal. Uh, Dracula, in 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 another scene that follows, Dracula then turns on Xena in a rage and we have that classic horror scream from Xena. Um, I like the screen going red as well that was yeah, pretty yeah a really, really cool. kind of you know that's she's yeah she's hit the end of her use yeah um, and then we find the priest discovering Zena's body and places her on the fire just drawing her, or, and I put here good scene with a big smiley face.
1: That was a pretty, yeah, it was a it good was scene. It was very clever, like because it didn't show a great deal. No, uh, but it was a lot of lead up until to he from he puts him, her onto the fo- yeah, about to put her in the fire. You know what's going to happen, yeah. And it cuts the layer where he's just like throwing the rest of the boots in the fire. Yeah, and it's that's like, right. Holy
0: moly! Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so I think I, I think from memory from what stuff I was reading, I don't know if I wrote these not, notes further down the track. But he, um, interestingly, uh, that was there was more to that scene that was cut from the BFI. Oh, okay. Um, Where well, you actually saw a bit more to what happens to like hit her going in. Yeah, I think something. so. Yeah, but like it was, um, yeah, it was deemed inappropriate. Well, I'm not surprised at the time. But I find that maybe that worked to its advantage. But yeah. by not seeing it, adds to the it's like movie. the
1: jaws thing. The less you yeah. see, the shark. The more um, that's the area. It. It yeah, yeah. You know? I was
0: just—I found that really, and even like the the struggle in the priest's face to carry mm. out this act is like he's so. Uh, that, for me, the whole movie rests on his performance. Yeah, because he's he, such a conflicted soul. I, I think like that's his. probably where you see
1: the last is, is a little bit of humanity that he's yeah. got left. Yeah, just com- completely gets burnt up in the fire when yeah. he chucks her in there. Yeah, so. that's
0: right. Yeah, very, mm. very powerful scene. You're listening to the Hammer Horror Podcast. Dracula has risen from the grave. Okay, so we then uh, carry on the story with Maria being escorted home. Paul again uh, um, unwittingly uh, provides the address of where Maria is staying by passing a note to the priest uh, to take to her. Um, so thereby uh, at which point uh, Dracula uh, you know uh, he appears at uh, Maria's bedroom he hypnotises her again and we're treated to uh, quite a seductive scene between the two and what I found was a really good performance from Veronica Mm. like she really was portraying being (laughs) seduced in a very Mm. I don't know if that's just my my male chromosomes kicking in but I, I found that she was quite alluring in the way she was uh, like caving into Dracula's advances yeah, yeah and the way he is then leaning into her and I just found that was a really iconic shot and really well portrayed between the two yeah so the uh, so the next morning Maria's mother is worried about Maria who hasn't stirred for the morning and um, she calls out to her her brother the, the priest Muller who then discovers
1: dance, dance.
0: Yeah, dance, dance. Uh, He comes in, and uh, he discovers that she's been bitten on the neck, but he conceals this from the mum. Mm. Um, And the next evening, uh, Dracula arrives again, and under hypnosis, Maria allows him in to her room. Dracula tries to seduce her, but he's stopped by Müller, who's been lying in wait for him. Mm. Dracula crashes through the the window, but is hotly pursued by Müller across the rooftops. Müller, however, is attacked by the priest, and he stumbles home, asking Maria's mother to fetch Paul to help. Muller tells Paul about Dracula and pleads for his help. Paul then goes to seek aid from the priest. <laughs> um, so Ken makes that fatal error. Um, <laughs> still unaware of the, of the priest's allegiance to Dracula. Um, and then, uh, tragically, we hit with a scene where, who we think's the hero of the piece, Muller, yeah. dies, um, and essentially he's passing on the baton to Paul to, yeah. to destroy Dracula. Um, and to that point you're you're a bit oh <laughs> okay right uh, interesting turn but yeah, yeah. It. i thought uh, a good a good turn you know especially as paul's this procrastinating character who's not really doing much he's trying to do his studies he's caught between two worlds essentially mm. where he's trying to do good and and become a good person and do his studies so he can get a good career but mm. he essentially works as a barman and it's almost a conventional
1: route of, of giving it to the good-looking guy that, that yeah. he's, he, he, you know, he turns up with his, his shirt off in the first scene, and <laughs> yeah, then yeah. suddenly he's, he's thrust into the spotlight. That's like right. Hero, so
0: and he becomes the hero of the piece. But yeah. Um, so, um, so yeah, I thought that was quite, quite an interesting turn with Miller dying, and um, mm. so, that, that, so, but Paul, as I said, he's put a lot of his faith in, uh, in the priest at this point. Yeah. Um, and the priest attacks an unsuspecting Paul and then waits for Dracula to arrive for his new bride he goes to remove the cross that has been placed on Maria's chest but finds that he's unable to do so which I found a bit more like uh, again this is what i meant by like the whole performance of the priest is is crucial for yeah. the plot of the movie and and it's his inability to act at that point which allows Paul to um, you know, pick himself up again. Um, and he comes to challenge the priest and he, and he, take, he uh, basically challenges the priest to take him to Dracula. Mm. Um, and upon, uh, well, so the priest does so, and upon finding Dracula's coffin, Paul drives the stake through the chest of Dracula And I thought that was a nice and gruesome moment. Yeah. that was pretty bloody. Blood was flowing. (laughs) 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 That was really cool. Good dose of claret. And you're like, wow, okay, that's a brutal and a very abrupt way to what we think, is this the climax of the movie that it's going to kind of... I thought that was it. it. I thought
1: that was it. It was all over
0: yeah but no there's a kind no. loophole the into prey. the way to uh, <laughs> <into laughs> destroy Dracula yeah um, so the, uh, at this point the priest tells Paul that he must pray to truly kill Dracula but Paul fails to do so because of his uh, Atheist.
1: yeah it uh, so comes back in again like now Gibson it's <laughs> yeah
0: that's it uh, and the, uh, so yeah the, at this point the, uh, Dracula was able to escape again and a chase ensues over the rooftops where a hypnotized Maria follows Dracula and Paul tries to prevent him but is thrown to the ground. Uh, Paul then goes in pursuit and tries to seek help from the villagers uh, but to no avail. Nobody would come to his aid apart from the boy at the beginning, yeah. uh, the mute boy. And then we're followed by these really cool, eerie shots. Uh, which um, has Dracula walking through the forest, followed by Maria. Mm. Um, he's dressed in that kind of atypical black, you know, with a cape, and she's purely in white, yeah. with the blonde hair, and it's just like this ethereal moments of going through uh, the forest. and quite the juxtaposition of the pure and evil. Yeah. yeah, and I just was like, oh, that's kind of eerie. And, yeah. and I, again, really nicely shot, and going back to yeah. those forest shots we were talking about earlier, um, really nailed those think. Dracula and Maria eventually arrive at the castle and the cross is still there, so he persuades Maria to pull the cross down and get rid of it, of which she does so and throws it off the balcony mm-hmm. of the uh, of the castle front. Um, but this uh, point allows Paul, who's been in hot pursuit, to arrive on the scene and a fight breaks out, resulting in both Dracula and Paul falling over the balcony down the mountainside. Um Fortunately, a branch breaks Paul's fall on the way down. But ironically, uh, the gold cross that was discarded earlier by Maria pierces Draco as he got falls. Got a very pointy end. We've got a pointy end to it, and he just so happens to land on it. Which, yeah. Uh, yeah. All
1: the Again, all the odds.
0: Yeah. Um, and uh, interestingly, though, at this point, the priest again arrives on the scene, and he begins to pray in Latin. Which I find found again, say like, the third time I've mentioned this now, but really important is the character of the priest through, through this journey, mm. because at the beginning, he feels of the movie, he feels that his faith is lost, and he, he can't because this evil is so powerful, he can't manage it. And, and he ends up succumbing to evil and doing evil's deeds. but it's actually his hand that destroys evil at the end yeah. by praying over the body of mm. Dracula. As he's, uh, There's a few so, journeys going on in this. Yeah, there is. Yeah, yeah and I found that quite an interesting journey mm. in itself. Um, so, yeah, so he's, he's praying over the body and they, and blood begins to pour from Dracula's eyes, which, again, I thought was a really that cool shot awesome. um, as, as he starts to die. And the priest's, it's almost like the priest's last bit of uh, energy is lost right there as he collapses to the ground. Um, and uh, the blood drips down this, um, you know, the golden cross as Dracula's body disappears. Mm-hmm. Uh, Paul performs the sign of the cross, hinting that he may also have found faith after all mm-hmm. at the end, which well, I thought kind of was a bit... a
1: half-cross. Like,
0: yeah. I was, I was, was like, I
1: don't mean did the whole
0: cross there. No, it's like...
1: Mm, yeah, I don't uh, believe
0: that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and then we finally end with the movie closing with the image of the gold cross... Um, which mm. is draped in Dracula's cloak as a nice frame like nice, frame, like, nice yeah. frame to finish it's with very nice frame to finish and uh, again <laughs> arch back to a lot of way these movies are finished where it always is a, a centered shot on the not necessarily the body or what's left of Dracula mm. like I'm going back to the first movie where it's a pile of ashes and we just see the, the, gold, uh, the gold ring with the red Dracula mm. symbol on it mm. um, and I'm trying to remember what the other two were now but I can't think of them off of my head but it's yeah, becoming quite uh, a true moment so yeah, that's it. That's where the that's where the movie closes, and mm-hmm. and that's where we have it. So um, thoughts thoughts on the movie? As yeah, I, I think it was a it was a
1: very smart contribution to the um, Dracula journey, as we we're sort of the Dracula story, as we we're saying. There's a parallel journeys going on. Yeah. Um, you've got the typical sort of almost like Joseph campbell Campbellesque hero which was Paul <laughs> yes and then you've got the Monsignor as well who's this very powerful sort of you know yeah. obi-wan character almost yes. yeah, yeah, yeah and um, yeah. and then you've got the, the the conflicted priest as well so it's yeah,
0: so interesting this a... taken over so yeah, yeah that's right I, I mean that's what I found as well <laughs> like I, I was thinking about this before we were sat in here for the record and um, I think one of the one of the one of the key things about this particular movie, and no disrespect to Terence Fisher, because I think the guy's a legend, particularly in, in mm. Hammer Circles, and he, uh, every time he's behind the camera, you're in for a really solid movie. Um, but I feel what's interesting about this one is that it's a different director coming into it, and it's already got a whole different feel and energy. It's beautifully back. shot, like. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's and I <coughs> feel like it was the right, probably the right time to do it too.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, and time, time and time again, Hammer when they put these movies together, the performances of the actors and the, mm. and the characters that these are, uh, that are displayed in these movies are really, really strong characters. And it, I mean, I'm very much about character, and I and I found myself really enjoying this movie because of yeah. it because there was a lot of different elements in there lots of conflict um, internal conflict between these characters that were going that were being shown on mm. screen I uh, found it really yeah really added to the cause and it did it yeah. made me think this potentially is one of my favorite ones yeah and um, I said that about the last one too so <laughs> like I'm, I'm constantly going oh yeah that's brilliant. <laughs> I just—I guess it just goes to show the quality of the. the well, apparently it happened. was one of the most successful ones
1: out of the the. Yeah. The hammer, hammer most successful Hammer, uh, uh, film. So.
0: Yeah, it was interesting, and I can see why. You know? Yeah, yeah. I, I felt, and I said this to you um, off off record, but um, I found the beginning really weak. I yeah. found that really really hard to get into the movie, mm. but as soon as Dracula was like, we've we've introduced Dracula to the movie. The pace of the movie picked up and there was all these dynamics being thrown into the midst and, and, and I felt that that was another part of the strength but there was enough characters there mm. and little subplots that were going along that yeah. really kind of gave it a lot of strength as the movie transgressed. Um, yeah, no, really, really cool. Any, hmm. any other thoughts before we. No,
1: I mean, uh, talk about i said it's a beautiful shot, and yeah. yeah, the editing was just key as well. Like, yeah. it was very much shot to edit, and yeah, and, um, yeah it was just, um, yeah, it
0: looks really nice. Yeah, it's a really, it's a solid movie. Yeah. It really holds up, and I think, yeah, it really stands. What's on it, about it's an hour and a half or something? Yes, yeah, uh, just yeah. over. Really. So, it's, like it's a nice
1: guy story, and it gets you really yeah. sucked in there, because. Yeah, you said the characters are just There's multi-dimensional characters in each. Yes, you know, that's right, that's outside. right. But I, I mean, I kind of liked the beginning with the um, the, the mute boy, the when the boy turns mute. It was just the uh,
0: actual the, I, the the setup. For,
1: I think they were a bit lazy with the script writing with the um, the
0: Dracula. How yeah, it, sorry, returns. that's what I'm meaning. I did, I, uh, I I did like the whole intro. Mm. And the like, slow build up to we see this meat boy yeah. coming in. He's, He's he just, familiar. I don't know where I've seen him before. A, he looked a bit like you. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, that's. Do you know point. he looked like? He looked like. I don't know if you've seen any Will Hay films. There's like he had two. Um, Will Hay was sort of classic 30s. Fordville um, yep. uh, uh, comic actor played himself in pretty yes. much every, every film he yep. did. But he had two cohorts. One was this old guy with like one tooth. Yes. And the, there was this other chubby guy and he looked exactly like him. Right, and I was like, "Oh, right. if he's related? I like, googled him and I was like, nah, no, n- nothing. And he sure. hasn't really done a great deal since. But for some reason, like, I, I swear I was saying Yeah, he,
0: he did have one of those faces too. Mm. And, I, and I really liked his character too. Yeah. Like I know, like it's a very, we're talking a really minor character. Yeah. But he doesn't have. Much going he doesn't on. have much going on, but I, I really like the fact that of all the villagers, he was the one that was actually willing to help Paul and go. Yeah. Like no one else wanted to do, do yeah. it; they were yeah. too frightened. And yet, this kid who has um, been inflicted yeah. in some way, uh, and he, you know, because of a, he's mute, so he's already deemed from society's perspective. And I'm doing inverted commas with my hands. Um, he's probably looked at as a as a lesser person because mm. of his his. Uh, so is he literally before or is he? He's, he's, he's he, he, mute from the very beginning. Come from
1: the the experience that he's had. No,
0: fight. he's he's. I took it that he was mute from the beginning. Ah.
1: Um, see, I thought it was because of right. the fright.
0: No, I don't, I don't know. know no, maybe oh, that's wow. Okay. Well, podcasters, if you uh, <laughs> if you have a, because uh, I know he's
1: boy. Like. <laughs> Yeah, IMDb. Yeah, yeah. I'd mean, say, say he's a mute boy. Yeah,
0: so right. like, interesting. But, but I, my, my point is, is that I I found that really cool. That he is uh, is the one that was, despite the pain of what he's already witnessed, is mm. willing to still confront whatever evil lies out there.
1: Yeah.
0: So whereas no one else has been able to do that, you know, um, and if you think about, if you use that in contrast to when. Um, Muller comes in and asks you know the priest to join and the priest says no but he forces him to come anyway Mm.
1: and both priest and um, the boy have
0: witnessed this same scene but the the boy's yeah interesting you're listening to the Hammer Horror Podcast Dracula has risen from the grave. Well, okay, let's, let's move on. Let's, let's, talk, um, let's talk about the players and mm. the people involved. So, firstly, Christopher Lee. Uh, can't classic, can't move beyond Christopher Lee. <laughs> mm. um, because he, uh, like every time we come into this, he's so iconic as a character within uh, playing Dracula. Um, and. Um, there's a lot of him just as a as a black triangle with a with
1: the the head at the top of it, you know, that cloak, <laughs> yeah, 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 and and <laughs> just the glaring eyes. But his
0: his presence alone. I mean, it, it helps okay. that he had that kind of um, Middle Eastern look going yeah. for him anyway. But also, he's a towering presence. He's a tall guy, yeah, and. You know, it's, it's hard to think of a Dracula there is somebody a, who's played a Dracula. There's only Dr- one Dracula. Yeah. So. Well, like, I mean, people could argue Bella Lugosi yeah. from the you know from the Universal mo- monster movies um, from the 30s, uh, but like from from Christopher Lee onwards, like you know Gary Oldman with his hammy acting, you know. <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I I kind of still like that. Movie. He was he was right, and He's okay, okay. but, but yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I don't know That's, because he's uh, Christopher Lee's also got that. He's got that sex appeal going for him in this movie, yeah. too. Like, you can go, yeah, I can see how he... Uh, seduce, all seduce all the... Seduce yeah. 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 yeah, even though he's clearly starting to age at this point. Yeah. Um, interesting. yeah, as we said, he's got more dialogue this time around. Mm. We kind of touched on that earlier. Um, I have written it here, and he said to quote,
1: I'd be giving him loads of lines if I was the script writer. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. He's just going, you know, Christopher Lee is going to say these lines, and he's going to really... He's yeah. got that booming sort of powerful oh. voice I'd be like just grabbing hold of it and saying you know I know you've got this towering presence but yeah. you've also got this kick ass voice that yeah, you can yeah. pretty much Absolutely. cut any scene in half
0: with you've only got to look at like his more recent movies. yeah look at the Lord of the Rings and yeah. just exactly yeah um, I I did write it here he actually says uh, Chris Lee this is said incidentally as Jack. this was to do with sorry this is to do with uh, Prince of Darkness at the mm. time but I feel it's relevant still now uh, for this movie, um, he says. Incidentally, as Dracula, I never say a word, as I am already a vampire. From the word "go," there is nothing I can say. Right. Um, read into that what you will. I think um, he, he appears nothing. to be. Um, yeah, <laughs> he, he appears to be more menacing in this one, and I kind of was talking about that. And he's a, he feels like he's a lot more physical in his behaviour. Yeah. You know, with the thrashing of the horses, stri- the striking of the xenobarme yeah. character. Um which I thought was kind of a cool thing because before he was very much uh, and yeah he has a lot more physicality to his role yeah, um which I felt was was good um anything else on Chris Lee? I mean that's um no. other, other than that the guy's a' a demigod
1: absolute legend <laughs> yeah the um <laughs> the bit where he wakes up. Looks just looks like a, sh- a sheen of glass that like they've got, a, like it
0: doesn't look under like the ice one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so it does look like they've just but, put glass and gone. <laughs> and suddenly, like the, put some ice ice and sugar was yeah, the they top. Just, yeah,
1: and they just put, put a little bit of sprinkling of blood along his lips. So was just, uh, yeah, classic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, there are some good moments, like we yeah. said. Like there's the blood dripping from his eyes. Like if we're talking about, you know, we're talking about the effects now, but the blood dripping from his eyes at the very end as he's like cool. dying. And, um, and the sprying out, yeah. yeah, that was really yeah. some really cool moments. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's. Uh, before we talk about the other actors, I want to talk about Freddie, Freddie Francis, yeah. director of the movie. Um, he actually stepped into this role as Terence Fisher, who I was talking about. He ter- Terence Fisher directed the previous three yeah. uh, vehicles for the Dracula uh, franchise. Um, Terence Fisher, he was actually supposed to be in, um, at the helm, but he was involved in a road car accident oh okay and was unable to do it so Freddie actually stepped in
1: okay because he
0: he'd done done a couple of directed a couple of films before he'd done a couple but there's like um he was known like he was known more for his DOP work yeah that's right um, I've written a list here which I will I will list because I think it's important for any movie buffs out there um he uh, he was a DOP for Saturday Night and Sunday Morning. Classic. That's one of my favourite yeah. British movies of that era. Mm. You know that, along with um, The Loneliness of the Long Distance Runner and um, This Sporting Life. They're three, oh, I, well, three life, yeah. iconic moments of that period. Yeah. All very much stories about the common man mm. trying to rise up against uh, government, essentially. Um, but if you've never watched those three movies, do. Uh, of which, Saturday Night and Sunday Morning is is a, a, a brilliant movie. Mm. Interestingly, uh, this stuck out of me being a David Lynch fan. He was the DOP of The Elephant Man. Yeah. Um. And I, and that is such a beautiful and shot the Straight film. Story. And the Straight Story yeah, as well. Yes, them, that's so. right. Yeah. And I was just and just yeah. I was like, wow. He did June as well. He might have done. No, he uh, wasn't, wasn't involved in June. Okay. You know. But, he yourself, know, he's, um, but like, there's other classics in there. He did the French Lieutenant's Woman. Mm. He did the original Cape Fear with um, Robert Mitchum, wow. the Robert Mitchum one. Uh, and he even picked up um, a couple of Oscars for his DOP work. One of them was Sons and Lovers, and the other one was Glory, the, uh, mm. the war movie.
1: Um, I actually saw the filming of um, French li- Lieutenants Woman. It was just a film just down the road from where I used to live. Seriously? Yeah, it was in um, Lyme Regis in Dorset. where wow. um, You know the River Cottage is the Hugh Fernley? Yes, stuff. I do. Yes. Just around the corner from where he lives. It's, uh-huh. um, yeah, so we were down there, and they were filming um, on the um, the water, the, the pier thing. Yes, where yeah. Where she's running along. And, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh, man, and, that movie. Um, is... and they were all around there. The whole town was filmed, <laughs> yeah. filled with the, um, the film people. And I remember seeing it you, like the, the couple of years after after they made it because I was very young at the time. And mm. I was like, what the hell is this? Because <laughs> I was so not like I was yeah, yeah, yeah. probably about 10 or 11 10, years yeah, old. Yeah, <laughs> right, Yeah. Just go. I don't get I really it. I don't get it. it. Yeah. But it
0: was beautifully shot. Shot. It's yeah. so beautiful. Yeah. yeah. I mean, like, so, so guys, listen here, like, well, we we are kind of drooling a bit over Freddie's uh, DOP work, mm. but there's a reason for it. And I think it's a uh, key to what makes. Uh, the, the visual component of this movie is so well. He's hired are. a
1: the, the, his DOP that he's got in this is a guy called Arthur Grant, yeah. And he's worked with, um, interesting the interesting thing with the color of the red, mm. red's appearing all the time. Is that yeah. he'd actually worked with Michael Powell oh. plenty of times before, and oh. because uh, I remember seeing his name, and I was like. Like I know that rings a bell from somewhere, and I know he's out, so man, he gets to mention. A I'm a huge Michael Powell fan, yeah. fan. Yeah. and he gets a mention in their life in movies. And he's because um, I think he, he started out uh, working in the um, uh, was it Elstree or one of those the mm-hmm. studios where Powell and all the rest of the guys started working through Rank, yeah, and uh, under Quarter and and um, and he was working on some of the quota quickies with him, yes, and then he ended up working his shots. Oh, Oh, he they, they did. They're they a weird mob. Oh, really? He yeah. shot that as well. So, yeah. um, so he's quite a like cool. established DOP. Yeah, yeah. And he obviously had been working. With, he, Freddie fans
0: F. probably knew him from yeah, from yeah, way yeah, because yeah. he was quite an established um, obviously, uh, obviously a, a great combination. Mm. Um, we were talking about uh, so where uh, where Freddie actually fits into the Hammer kind of uh, running of things. Um, he actually ha- had been a DOP for Hammer as well. The first one he did was for this, uh, for a con- then a controversial movie called Never Take Sweets from a Stranger, mm. um, which was essentially about paedophilia oh, at wow. the time. I don't think I've seen that one. Quite taboo. Yeah. Um, and um, and what else did he do? He also did directorial duties for Paranoiac, Hysteria, Nightmare, and the Evil of Frankenstein. Nice. Um, so he he did quite a few uh, turns for okay. um, for Hammer. Um, other horror fans may also know his work from directing Tales from the Crypt mm. and The Creeping Flesh. Nice. Um, so he had a definite dab hand at, at horror and the so yeah I, I really feel like his influence on this movie is, is is second to none yeah re- just, re- just
1: the, cool, the, the 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 sequences and the um the rooftop sequence is just spectacular
0: yeah, the color there's a lot like yeah. that really strikes about the, like, the use of the colors yeah. in it it's yeah I it's wonder because
1: it, it around the time ah oh, well probably about ten years later after uh, the red shoes was yeah was so prominent mm-hmm. and it became... That was actually, you know, considered as one of the the pinnacles of the Technicolor craft. Yes. yeah. And so I wonder if they were sort of influenced by that.
0: And, and yeah, you'd think so. I mean, they, they, mm. you, I mean, it'll be, most people in this profession would be influenced by what they're seeing and what works well. And we're obviously at the he, uh, in the hands of two people that know their cinematography craft chron- yeah. down pat, mm. and they were willing to look at avenues and ways of, of projecting that onto the screen, yeah, um, and we're all the more better for it, I think.
1: Yeah, yeah, I so, mean, you really get a definite, like, it really it, looks like they're having fun playing with their lines. Yeah, mm. yeah. yeah, yeah,
0: really, really cool. Mm. All right, well, let's look at the other the other actors in the piece. Um, uh, we already mentioned about uh, the uh, character um, of Ernest Muller, played by Rupert Davies. Mm-hmm. And you were talking about him playing a small role as uh, certain George Smiley in the spy who came in That's from right. the old. Yeah. he was also in uh, the Witchfinder General. Yeah, um, Vincent Price's turn. Another classic, classic movie. Um, interestingly, though, he was also uh, known for the voice of Professor Ian Mac McLean in Jerry Anderson's Joe Ninety. All right, I just 90 I was like, "Wow, okay, cool." Um, <laughs> but let, let's talk about his character because, like, we were talking about how you know he comes in and he's very, he's a very strong character. Mm-hmm. He's already who you think is going to be set up to be the uh, the counterbalance, the yin yang against Jack... Um, only for his demise to happen two-thirds of the way through. He's he's almost Um, like the Ben Helsing, like he's already established as a strong sort of hero type. Um, Interestingly, in Prince of Darkness, uh, the Father Sandor character, a very strong priest character played by Andrew Keir, um, and he's the one that kills Dracula in the end too. And so, as a viewer, if you've been following this Dracula franchise, you may be leaning into also believing, okay, they, they, he's going to be the one that does yeah, yeah. it and that's why I find it's an interesting turn where it doesn't actually turn out that way and mm. it passes it on to the younger hero of the piece um, but yeah I, I find it interesting that the, there's always a very strong priest character and, I, and again you know we'll get on to um, or maybe we'll talk about Ewan Hooper now who played the priest as well his role in itself you know is interesting because he's such a juxtaposition against Father Muller's yeah. uh, character in that he doubts his faith he's torn he's tormented he he succumbs to evil um, he's like the weaker
1: side of yeah. the, the faith basically so.
0: exactly and yet yeah. he's the one that oh, did he survive or did he die at the end because like he, he collapses I don't know if he's, he's yeah, hinted really that he dies or, to, does it go back to him or, no because like um, he, he kind of collapses after praying yeah. does that mean that maybe he's used his last dead. strength and that's it I don't know but um but it's interesting that the weaker character is the one that um, prevails at mm. the end. Um, I mean, even you could argue that Paul's is weak because of his lack of faith. And yeah. He's still...
1: But he goes on his journey, see, so he's yeah. like the the archetype, um, Joseph Campbell hero. Yeah. Is that, you know, he's the reluctant hero, and then yeah. he finally just... He, he gathers his faith up and... Yeah. and does, yeah, yeah, defeats the bad guy. That's or, it. But yeah, and he only does it because you know I get the impression that he probably wouldn't have a bar of it if he didn't, mm. if his girlfriend didn't get nicked.
0: No, that's right. Yeah, so, he wouldn't be interested. That's yeah, it. Yeah. Um, just so, just quickly, just coming back to Ewan Hooper, the guy that played the priest. Apparently, he, I, I read about this. Apparently, he was dubbed. In yeah, movie. I heard that. Um, and and he was pretty Scottish or something yeah he (coughs) he was pretty bitter about it as well maybe
1: maybe he's got a really strong scottish accent or something i don't know
0: like he didn't really do a lot of work uh film wise around that he was known more for his theater Mm. theater work and he became um i think he was quite an advocate for rada at the time like he actually became part of the selection process for people getting into rada as well so he was quite renowned for He's maybe maybe not one of the I don't know. Back or I have no idea. I <laughs> maybe not the audio guy. <laughs> yeah, 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 he knows. <laughs> okay, other other people in there, Marion Matthew, she plays the sister of ernst Miller, the mother of uh, Veronica Veronica Carson's character Maria. Again, very strong uh, presence on theatre, mm. but she was TV wise. She was mm. known for playing the wife in Rumpole of the Bailey. Oh, okay, and um, she was even in um, played Mister LeBune in Lolita
1: as oh, well. Right. So
0: she was um, quite a, quite a strong uh, yeah. character actress. And this is what I keep going back to about Hannah. Really, I think these about. big pr- awesome yeah. of really dramatic, uh, tr- dramatically trained actors mm. in their movies. Yeah, very, very cool. We also have Barry Andrews, who plays Paul, as we yep. spoke about. He didn't really do a lot either um, outside of this, although he did star in um, an episode of Doctor Who, uh, oh. which becomes a bit of an ongoing thing um, within mm-hmm. Hammer and, and the cross-references between Hammer and Doctor Who along the way. He was in uh, Nightmare of Eden, which was the Tom Baker era. Oh, OK. Um, which was interesting. Um, he also played HMS Ranger Crewman, in The Spy Who Loved Me. Nice. <laughs> nice little nice role there. Oh, I, I knew I'd seen him before. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, and we can't move on without, you know, we've touched on this before, but the formidable Michael Ripper, who I felt is, or well, was quintessentially brilliant in this movie. Yeah. He's so good. And, like, it's so good to see the journey up till now, at this point, where he's becoming, getting a lot more speaking roles. Yeah. In. He's like yeah. the Dick
1: Miller of you know Dick Miller's in every single Joe Dante yeah. film. Yeah, and he's like the Dick Miller and he just pops up oh, here and there. And I know a yeah. different character every time, playing something usually older than himself. Yes, yeah.
0: that's right. <laughs> so yes. He's
1: probably but he's probably about the same age as or about maybe about five years older than Paul. But yeah, yeah, does, yeah, he, yeah. does he play his dad or something or is he? Uh, he's a father like, Fiddler, father he's not like he's not figure. Father like figure, right? Dad. He he's basically the, he owns the pub. Yeah, and so he takes both. So friends. they got him and then they got the landlord as well. So there's yeah. like. Two owners
0: of the pub or yeah. something? Oh, I think he's like the bar... He's like the manager, the, the manager oh, of the pub, okay. as opposed to... They don't. I don't think he owns owns it. He's the manager of <laughs> the, the pub. The management. The management. Anyway, yeah, he's brilliant. Love him. Okay, so uh, I've deliberately obviously missed two vital characters out here um, because I want to move on to Hammer Glamour. Yes. Um which I forgot the uh, the landlord as well was Mr, Mr.
1: Griffiths from um uh Grange Hill. Oh yes. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I was watching him and I was like I was like, I know that guy from somewhere. <laughs> I was like, that's right. It was the caretaker in, um, oh, in uh, uh, Grain Chitle for years and years, like 10 years That's how
0: I knew him. I was, yeah. watching, I was watching that going, God, I know him. <laughs> oh, I'm glad you just put me out of my misery. <laughs> that was bugging me. I, and that's why I should have read up on it, actually. But I, yeah, I, I kind of just kept looking at and going, I know him. I know him. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so is there any other, before we get into the Hammer Glamour, is there any, any other thing uh, to say about the previous uh, players? no nah, no nah, that's it nah, cool yeah. all right well let's uh go straight to veronica carlson and she uh she also starring uh frankenstein must be destroyed and the horror of frankenstein so she again was always that very innocent iconic role within those movies mm-hmm. uh this uh, movie in question Dracula has risen from the grave was her first entrance into those movies um and uh, you know, she's, qu- I think, quite rightfully dubbed as one of the best loved of Hannah's leading ladies. Mm-hmm. Um, she's definitely got a look and presence about her, and I know that very ic- uh, iconic blonde female in distress, Bars- yeah, sex yeah, but, uh, That's it, yeah. And I, and I, you know, I do address that that one scene where she's being seduced by Dracula mm-hmm. really did really well, and um, yeah, I was, I was a bit, I was, it's, I guess, I was expecting more. Um, hammed up performances but I found that actually quite genuine her yeah, display yeah. Um, so yeah really really cool this is this I found quite funny um, well, Funny, as in the sense that it really highlights what the producers of Hammer were looking for in their leading ladies when casting she was actually spotted by James Carreras from a photo printed in the Sunday mirror of her sporting a bikini on the front page
1: fair enough <laughs> bang Solved cast. Yeah,
0: brilliant. For the next
1: three films. <laughs> For the next three films. Yeah,
0: <laughs> um, but she's a, apparently she was a really really lovely lady, um, and she uh, in the Frankenstein movie she formed a really strong friendship with uh, Peter Cushing, and, mm. and just with, from from the accounts of things people. Uh, cast and crew alike really warm to her, yeah. and I think that shows in her performances. Like everyone seems very comfortable about, around her. Mm. Um, yeah, so I thought, yeah, very, very cool. And I, I do salute her performance in the movie. Very, very, very good turn. It was very good.
1: Um,
0: equally, in contrast, Barbara Ewing's character. She's the other female lead in this. She, she plays the Zena, the barmaid. Yes, uh, busting out. Everywhere oh, yes. that you can, In the possibly, ki- best yeah. Kiwi accent. Yeah, she's a Kiwi. I'm gonna get down here. Yeah. Her um, her accent
1: was just like <laughs> I don't mean, know. Like I think it started off where where it kind of slipped out here and there, and then it just went. Yeah, I think they just went not forget. Yeah, don't worry. Let's yeah. Let's it doesn't just matter. Keep it, it all the way through. Yeah. Doesn't matter. <laughs>
0: Romania,
1: Queenstown.
0: Who <laughs> <laughs> you knows? You know the difference? Maybe <laughs> yeah. yeah, we'll be fine. But,
1: um, um, yeah, yeah, she I was she,
0: yeah. I thought she was really good in it. I was
1: expecting those puppies to pop out. oh
0: Far out. I like. She's a lot of volume. <laughs> <Yeah, laughs> far out. I can. I mean, like, How she, they kept she, them in, um, I will never know. She, they really used her in the publicity. And this, interestingly, this movie. Um, was uh, and with Veronica Carson and Barbara Ewan was the first time they really harnessed the sex appeal in their Ooh. production shots um, of the movie and they really basically they got her to turn up um, you know do the whole licking the lips kind of puckering nice. up kind of you know very <laughs> very, very yeah typical <laughs> shots
1: because you got, you got um,
0: the whole range you've got the virgin and the, and the whore basically yeah so. and it, and the whole like interesting you know it's, it's become quite um a typical um, uh, male gaze where you get the blonde heroine and mm. the brunette tends to be the one that's, um, that leans to the dark side. Isn't yeah. It, it is superior And this is the same case in point in this movie as well. Interesting, she didn't really do, do much beyond this as well. It's kind mm. of, they have these, sh- these actors tend to have these short spells
1: and, but she was classically and, trained as well, wasn't yeah,
0: she? was she um, Yeah, she was. She yeah. was the thing. They're getting all these kind of really wow. strong powerhouses in. Um, but the, outside of that, she only really... Um, on Film-wise, she only really... Um, she started in one of the Hammer House of Horror episodes, um, Guardian of the Abyss. Um, for those not um, are, are familiar with Hammer and what they did towards the end of the 70s, is, I guess as their inkwell was running dry, and not only their inkwell, their finances were running dry, they moved into... TV, TV yeah. and the first of these was a series called Hammer House of Horror which yeah, actually well, did really some well some of them were actually just
1: amazing yeah like- did Roald Dahl write the Oh man months? Just um,
0: f- I hope so Yeah <laughs> I, I really like this as an aside He always Tales of the Unexpected oh, It yes. was
1: that that Sunday night or Saturday night you yeah, yeah. had to Hammer House of Horror on one night yeah. Tales of the Unexpected on the other night That's it. Was it. Just, they were trippy stories They
0: interestingly uh, yeah they, that, that first series The House of Horror was some really there's some good good mm. moments in those ones Interestingly they tried to change it for the second series and it became Hammer suspense and thriller or something like that I haven't got it written down but they, yeah. they it didn't become that horror element it became the suspense and thriller which is uh, at the time the movies that they towards the end of Hammer's Vehicle were moving more into that kind of uh, psycho thriller mm. aspect and some worked really well and some didn't mm. one, one that's like it's a bit weird and but I, I guess i get drawn to greed but I, I liked the movie it's called Straight On Till Morning mm. um, and it plays on that whole Peter Pan ethos which one's that one it's called Straight On Till Morning yeah and it's got um, uh, Shane Bryant as the lead in it who actually lives in Sydney and so Shane if you're listening man I'd love to hook up with you (laughs) and have a chat Um, but um, yeah he's a yeah I I really like that movie it's it's a bit eerie and a bit creepy and a bit Mm -hmm. fucked up Cool. So, so that basically sums up the the cast and the director of the movie. Mm. Have you got any uh, final thoughts to to conclude with? Um,
1: well, I mean, it was a definitely it was one of the the the, the best ones I've seen. It's, yeah. Um, it's uh, it beautifully shot. Uh, Tension's amazing. The carriage, the stagecoach um, sequences alone yeah. are just. Absolutely amazing, and and the rooftop scenes, just the the, the gore is, is spectacular. So yeah, um, but yeah, it's got pretty much everything in there. It was a nice journeys from all of the characters as well, and it was just a well rounded piece. Yeah. So um, uh, I almost
0: I uh, got to the end and I went is that
1: it or more? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like that. Yeah. I, um, yeah. I I I've, I've written a few things down here that I that were my favourite moments. I, I, I put down here the hanging corpse from the bell. Mm. I a really cool shot. The disposal of Xena's body was yeah, really brutal. That was really good. The seduction scene, which I've spent on to mm-hmm. length about already, the the staking of Dracula yeah. himself at the you know in the middle part of the movie. The prayer thing, I was I I,
1: I kind of went ah oh, they're now they're just making rules
0: up. As yeah, it. I, 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 but it kind of gets like that. The, the yeah. Prince of Darkness, I mentioned that too because they crowbarred in the whole how running water can kill Dracula and oh, that's okay. his demise no. about the movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I mentioned that to Anne in that po- podcast too and I was just like that feels like they're just in ways to kill and yeah so this- they
1: haven't really done much in, <laughs> in the actual sort of big long scheme of things all they've uh, in, in regards to other, other vampire sort of mythologies yeah uh, your true bloods and, mm. and I'm not going to mention the the, the the books that should not be named yeah 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 uh, but you know they've got the decapitation and and uh, they got sunlight and, and, and stuff, so
0: yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah i never heard the prayer one before. No, or I hadn't heard, heard that of? one, that was a bit a bit of a, and I think, um, I think Christopher Lee actually voiced his disapproval of that too, yeah, at the time. But obviously, obviously, it was a plot device stands... to
1: just get through the, the journey of the um, that's right, the hero, I guess,
0: yeah, yeah, that's it, exactly. You guys, signs type way, that's <laughs> it, that's it. <laughs> So uh, the other the other good points I put in here is the uh, the end scene with the cross piercing Dracula and the priest yeah. finding faith once more. I thought it was kind of a, uh, it was actually quite a good moment. I felt mm. overall good performances from the cast, notably the women. I felt which they actually yeah. were, for this for once. they were, were really they were strong, strong characters. Hazards. Yeah, which up to this point hadn't been the case. They mm. were pretty much even though they're still viewed as a bit of eye candy in this movie. Mm their characters are quite strong yeah and um, performances equally so I
1: mean the, you only have to see the, the drunk scene where he's, he's collapsed and the two of them playing off each other the two yeah uh, Zena and then Maria just playing off each yeah. other it was quite nice it was quite a cool yeah that's right like, little
0: scene yeah, yeah I was just like oh that's actually I was yeah I felt that was a good positive move mm. um, from them you know it's a bit of a rarity for you to get like well-rounded
1: characters with a D.O.P. like mm. directing so the, the script obviously had a a,
0: a big a, influence to it yeah. yeah yeah that's right yeah that's you know the, it's, um, it's one of the things I'm, I'm loving about talking about these, you know these movies with mm. the likes of yourself and then um, is you know as we're talking through it you suddenly become even more attached to the movie and, and realising mm. how how good they are and how well they stood and this, for one of them, is one that I still feel stands today. It's, yeah. it's, a, it's a really, really good movie. And, I, and I, just the last thing, I know we've talked about it as well, but Freddie Francis's vision is, is, yeah. is uh, first and foremost to literally resurrecting Dracula and rising him from the grave itself. And yeah. it, it's noticed in this movie. It gives That's it a right. whole fresh feel. You know, it's, yeah. it's good. Yeah. Well, that's about it, really. Uh, any other thoughts you no, want to that's conclude that's Cool. Well, interestingly, now, I wanted to say stick around, because this is uh, a first, because we're doing a double bill, and it's a double bill podcast of uh, Dracula Has Risen from the Grave, which we've just spoken about, but we're going to move on, so if you click below, you'll see that there is a new entry, where we're going to talk about Taste the Blood of Dracula. So... Stick around. Thanks again, Miles. And All right. It's been a pleasure, and we'll catch up with you in a uh, further instalment. That's right. Thank you very much. All right, thanks. Bye.